Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. And your Bibles this morning. Now we've got a busy week coming up. Church on Wednesday. Amen. So come to church on Wednesday. Then turn around, come back to church on Thursday. Come and pray with us. That Thursday night prayer meeting. God, I'll tell you, the power of God is working in that meeting. You need to be in that prayer. Then come to church on Friday night. Glory to God. Now Friday night we'll teach on. On the cross. You know, the Bible says the preaching of the cross is unto them that perish foolishness. But unto us that are saved, actually one translation says this, unto us that are being saved. Amen. It is the power of God. So there's power in the cross, power in the crucifixion. Most of Christianity knows nothing about. But when the apostle Paul saw it in its spiritual view, viewing it spiritually, he said, I'm crucified with Christ. He saw himself in the crucifixion. He saw Jesus' death as his death. And Jesus' new life is his new life. And that is one of the essence of who we are, what we have, and what we can do in Christ is realizing that everything that God did in Christ is that which he wants to do in us. He wants, us, he wants there to be a death in which there is no life, no residue of life afterwards. That death was accomplished upon the cross. Then he wants us to have a life in which there is no end. The Bible calls that eternal life. You don't get that just by being a human being on the earth because the human family is fallen, undone, and without God. But thank God Jesus came 2,000 years ago, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles, glory to God, amen, died on the cross, rose from the dead, and did it all for you and me. Amen. Then he ascended into heaven and received of the Father the person and the power of the Holy Ghost, and then he's poured it out in a two-dimensional way. You say, what is that? Well, the first and the most important dimension is the spirit that abides. The spirit that abides, that indwells. That happens through the new birth, through being born again. doesn't happen from a, a religious label or a denominational affiliation or even putting your name on the role of a church. The Bible doesn't say, doesn't say you know, those that join the church shall be saved. It says there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved, and that's the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. When you're born again, everybody say born again. again. That means the Spirit of God has come into your human spirit, and as you were born in the flesh through the womb of your mother and the water of your mother, you're born again through the womb of the Spirit through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And you are what the Bible calls a brand new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away. All things are new for you. You Listen, this is so awesome. You even take on the very righteousness of the one that redeemed you. You, take, you say, I'm just trying to be good. Well, trying to be good usually doesn't make it. What you do is you see yourself in Christ and you see that righteousness or right standing that you have because of his finished work. And you just thank God. I don't have to be good. I am good. God has made me good. Amen? Isn't that awesome? In your Bibles this morning, we're going to look at three portions of Scripture. Galatians, no, we'll end up there. Go to, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Go to 1 Thessalonians 5. We'll read there. Then we'll read a Scripture in Hebrews chapter 4. Then we'll go to Galatians and, and wind it up. Now, 
we kind of got off on the baptism and the Holy Ghost there for a few services and had a wonderful outpouring last week. Spirit of God moved. People were filled, refilled, touched by the power of God. That's always good. It's always refreshing. But you always need to stay full. Amen? You say, how do I stay full in the Spirit? Well, by speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, praying in the Holy Ghost, exercising that language that you received when you were, born, when you were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Being born again doesn't give you a language. Being born again gives you a new life. Being baptized in the Holy Ghost is the voice that comes out of that life. Did you get that? See, God wanted you to have a new voice. He wanted you to have a new vocabulary, but he didn't want it to be one your mind can understand because your mind is his enemy. So he likes you talking to him from your spirit. And you do that with other tongues. Amen. So people were touched by God, filled with the Holy Ghost. I know I was blessed. I left tremendously blessed. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. And then uh, today I want to get into some things about we as as individuals, us as human beings, and the working of the Spirit in us. Now, the fact that you're sitting in Island Church on Sunday morning, some of you have sat here for many years, some of you have attended other churches, you grew up in other churches, but you're here now. And in this church, you are, you are, your, your, your presence here is saying, I'm interested in spiritual things. Not in religious things. I'm not interested in any religious things. I don't want to know about the denominations. I don't want to know about uh, the cults. I don't want to know about the other religions. I want to know about Jesus. Because none of those other things have done anything for me. But Jesus has done everything for me. So I want to know about him. And I want to know how is my life intertwined with his? Why is my life intertwined with his? And what is the relevance of that in my life in the earth today? Now, we've said this for years and we... We, we stand by it in every area. Marriage, finances, health, your, your life. I even, I even go far as to say your hobbies, what interests you, uh, what gives you pleasure. God wants to be involved in it. He wants to be so intertwined in your life. Listen, I like what one preacher said. He said, God wants to be so intertwined in your life that if you live your life when the rapture takes place, it will only be a momentary change in which your body is changed into that which your spirit already knows. Well, that's a pretty cool thing if you can do that by the Word of God. So in in 1 Thessalonians, just a quick scripture. Verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 23 of 1 Thessalonians. Thessalonians chapter 5, letter to the church at Thessalonica, written by the Apostle Paul, and also to the church in Galveston. Amen. Now, he's kind of bringing his letter to the, to the, to the Thessalonians, to those in Thessalonica, uh, to a conclusion, and he makes this statement. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray, now notice, I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body Be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I want you to see very carefully there three things, three words. Spirit, look look at the word spirit. Notice it's small case, little s. This refers to the human spirit. Then we have the word soul. Everybody say soul. And then we have the word body. Everybody say body. Now, by the word of God, and I'll show you another scripture in just a moment, we understand that in creation, we were first created spirit beings and given a distinction. You say, what do you mean by that? 
in creation, you go back and study in Genesis chapter 1, God created us first spiritually. He created us in his likeness and his image. So the first existence of man upon the earth was a spiritual existence in which he classified that existence as either being male or female. Now let me say that again because this is an important point. Male or female, he created them. Amen? He created them both male and he gave them. Now listen, he gave them a spiritual distinction before he gave them a physical body. Now let me say this. I, we don't wanna, I know that, that, that there's all kinds of craziness going on out there. And we can be taken off for things we say. But let me just say this right up front. Your physical identity has its roots in your spirit. You can no more change a person from a male to a female than you can change a person from being iniquitous to righteous. You can't do it. Man can't do it. No one can do it. You're either male or you're female. Now, I know I think there's what now, 82 different distinctions of gender? Don't you fall for that. Amen. That's humanism. Amen. That's anti-Christ. But you were created first a spirit being. So the essence of who you are in reality is spirit. Listen, this little old bump in eternity that you're experiencing right now, this 60, 70, 80, 90 years, 100 years that you may live, is just going to be a blip in the eternal clock of what you're involved in throughout eternity because you are an eternal being. You were made spiritually, and then God took his breath, which is ruah, which is spirit, and formed a body and breathed like you'd almost blow up a balloon, breathed into that body the breath of life. And when he breathed the breath of life in, man became a living soul, living from the spirit, soul from the human standpoint. What does that mean, Pastor? You have in your soul your mind the way you think, your emotions, the way you feel, and your choice, which is the decisions that you make. That's your soul. Then God clothed that with flesh to give you the right to be here. Without your physical body, you have no right to be upon this earth. People talk about hauntings and ghosts and this or that. Most of that's demonic. Let me say, all of it's demonic. The demonic manifestations, people try, well, I went to somebody one time. And you know, there's always the confusion about what went on there in, in, in 1 Samuel 15, the, the, where, the, where, where Samuel goes to that witch and supposedly brings up Elijah. Amen? Well, go read the, go read the verbiage in that. And for some reason, she contacted that, that realm down there. He knew what was going on. All of that's illegal. Not according to the laws of men, but according to the laws of God. God says this to the human family. Don't mess with spiritual things without me. Amen. So we are spirit. I am a spirit. I possess a soul, my mind, my emotions, and my will. And I live in a body. That is the essence of our existence upon the earth. Now, go if you will to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, a very familiar portion of Scripture, verse 12. For the word of God is quick. That word is alive. 
For the word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts, everybody say thoughts, and intents of the heart. Now notice this. Notice it. Let me read it amplified. For the word of God that speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, the immortal spirit. Let me find it here. The immortal spirit and of the joints and marrow. Joints and marrow would be referring to the physical. Of the deepest parts of our nature. Now notice, exposing, sifting, analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of our heart. Now here something unique takes place. God shows us here in Hebrews chapter 4, we are spirit, we are soul, we have a soul, we live in a body, but we develop a heart. Our hearts are developed. It's not speaking of the blood pump. It's actually talking about a combination of everything that makes us who we are, which we use to believe God with because he imparts faith to our spirit. And with our spirit, we obey that faith with our minds, with our emotions, with our willpower, and we do not let our flesh rob us of that obedience. Does that help you? That kind of gives you a thumbnail sketch of living life spiritually. Now, let me say this. You have a choice to make every day whether to live your life naturally or to live your life spiritually. Now, if you live your life naturally, now listen, I'm a unique individual amongst people. You say, why is that? Now, here's why I'm unique. I was born again at a young age. I was filled with the Holy Ghost as a young age. I lived for God for many years as a, as a young person coming into my, 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 my late adolescence and into my teens. I, I went to camps. I prayed in the Holy Ghost. I read my Bible. I was in glorious meetings all over this area. I mean, just unbelievable things that would go on. But then I got away from God and I backslid and I got him to sin worse than many sinners get into. A lot of people that get saved didn't get, get into near the garbage that I was involved in. But then I came back to the Lord 39 years ago, 38 years ago, going on my 39th year now, and came back. But listen, I was not a sinner that got saved when I came back to the Lord. I was an out-of-fellowship Christian that came back to God and appropriated the blood of Jesus to cleanse me from the sin and, cleanse me from the sin and unrighteousness that I'd been involved in for almost a dozen years. You say, how long did it take to get cleansed? About that quick. I just had to make a decision to get right with God. But now, I had to deal and still deal with many things in my life that you don't have to deal with because when you got born again, all of that stuff was in your, it was in your unrighteous past. Amen? But the strongholds developed in my mind, the enemy knew who I was. He knew who I, there's, there's a believer, there's a Christian. Now I've got him on drugs. I've got him into hate. I've got him into crime. I've got him into this. I've got him into that. He built strongholds in me that I, it took years for me to tear all the way back down to the ground. Amen. Amen. But in most of your lives, you must understand when you got born again, you made a separation from a life. Some of you have been living for 20, 30, 40 years. 
That, listen, that severance, you being severed from that life, is supernatural. It happened in your spirit. You be, listen, the reason I was able to come back to the Lord is because God wouldn't leave me alone in my spirit. I sensed people praying. I knew people were praying for me. God spoke to me. I think God spoke to me more when I was away from him than he has since I've been serving him. He was always speaking to me, trying to get me back. Trying to try. The Bible says, God says, I am married to the backslider. He says, those that are out of fellowship with, I am married to them. I'm going to pull them back into the kingdom of God. And I believe we're fixing to see a great move of people coming back to God who've just been out of fellowship, cold, lost, undone, because now's the time to get on fire for God. Amen. So I had to recognize and realize what my flesh was because I had built some appetites in my flesh. Your body loves for you to pamper its desires for repetitious destruction. That's why you didn't smoke just one cigarette. You smoked four cartons a day. Amen? That's why you didn't just, you know, smoke one joint. You smoked the country of Columbia, you know? I mean, that appetite got in you. And that appetite, now notice this, that appetite when it got in you was stronger than your common sense. Because your common sense would tell you not to put that in your body. But there had to be an override. And that override was the iniquity that was in your spirit before you got born again. The reason I got away from God is the iniquity in my flesh and mind. I allowed it to get stronger than what was in my spirit. Sure, there were some things the devil did. But listen, we all are responsible for our own spiritual life. Thank God God rescued me. Amen. Thank God God rescued me. Now, you must allow the word of God in your life. To bring dividing lines, divisions into your life where you know this is of... And if you're born again, listen, if you're born again, if you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be 100% absolutely sure of everything God is speaking to your spirit. He is communicating to your spirit man on the inside. Your spirit, listen, your spirit man says yes and amen to everything that book says. Now, your mind will fight you, and your flesh will fight you, and if you're not careful, the appetites of your flesh will take you. Listen, your flesh, your flesh, it wants to get stoned out of its mind. It wants to get so fat you can't walk down the street. It wants to sleep and never wake up. That's your flesh. That's your, it wants all kinds, man, you just, you just, you just give it a peak of sex. And you'll light a fire, and our whole society is there to, to, to accommodate it. So all of those things, you have to bring them under control. You've got to listen. The Bible says you must possess your vessel. Not your vessel possessing you. You must possess your vessel. You say, what does that mean? You've got to learn to say no to drugs, to alcohol. Listen, this is not legalism, thou shalt not. No, this is common spiritual sense of allowing your spirit man on the inside to dominate you. You've got to say no to And listen, I know people, well, you know, there's people they socially drink and they do this and that. That's all well and good for them. But for me, I can't do it. You say, why? Because my flesh is subject to its appetites, so I do my best to keep those appetites starved. Because if you don't, your flesh will rise up. And those appetites will dominate you and destroy you. 
But thank God you've been given a brand new spirit on the inside. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus, and God is calling you to live a spiritual life, not a life of your mind, not a life of your soul, but a spiritual life. Can I get a better amen than that? The tragedy of this in Christianity is religion. We have many denominations in our city. And I, and I challenge anybody, anybody, there's many people that watch us by, 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 by live stream. If you attend a denominational church, go to your pastor, ask him, do we believe in people being born again? If he says no, say why? Amen? Well, so I, we, we attend a church and they really don't preach the new birth. They, they think we should all be good. You're wrong. Let me, let me say that again. You're wrong. You will die and go to hell trying to be good. No matter what kind of building you build, no matter how high you put your cross on that building, it does not matter. Jesus is the one himself that said you must be born again. So you can't grab some denominational title and slap it on you and think you're going to be okay. You've got, this is between you and God through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going to tell you, it's life or death. We've said it here at Island Church. We take it seriously here. You say, why? Because hell is forever. But so is eternal life. So is heaven. Hallelujah. Now, with that in mind, I wrote this down. Religion is man's ability to try to take God out of the realm of the spirit and put it in the realm of the intellect. That's why they get confused over the Bible. Many denominational pastors I've met after they've been saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. You say, what do you mean? Can't you be a pastor unless you're saved? Dad, Pops led, Pops led a guy uh, to the Lord here in Galveston, oh, probably 25, 30 years ago, that had pastored a church for like 16 years. Wasn't even saved. Wasn't even saved. You say, well, how can that be? Well, many churches are pastored by men that are not saved, and they're full of people that are not saved. They don't believe in the new birth. You know why? Here's the issue right here is this book. This book right here. Because this book is spiritually discerned. You can't discern it with your natural mind. God wants to give you understanding. Everybody say understanding. Now, man's mind craves, man's mind craves intellectual information that does this. Makes sense. Well, that makes sense. Well, that makes sense. But if you're, in a, uh, if you're in a religion or if you're in a denomination and everything in that thing makes sense to you, then where's your faith? The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please him for those that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. I, I read a translation one time that says those that come to him must believe that he is the God that they need him to be. So the first time you had an encounter with God through Jesus Christ, he became the God you needed him to be. He became the God of your salvation. Maybe your body's been attacked by disease or sickness. You need the God of healing, Jehovah Rapha, the God of, of healing power. Amen? I mean, you may be broke financially. You need Jehovah Jireh, the provider. God can be the God you need him to be in your life. You say, Pastor, my mind. and my... He can be the God that clears your mind. He can be the God that helps you make the right choices. He can be the God that helps you down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. But you have to have faith that he is the God that he would said he would be. And he put all that information in the word to give you faith. So your choice after the new birth, not after you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
Because being baptized in the Holy Ghost brings you into the fullness. But your choice after being born again, when the Spirit comes to abide, your choice is to live a spiritual life. A spiritual life. Now, in living a spiritual life, it's going to take extreme effort. Because you start out with several, not just three strikes, but several strikes. You've got your mind. You've got the flesh. You've got the world system. Amen. Uh, you've got the devil himself and all the demons. So there's four right there arrayed against you. But greater is he. Greater is he. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. People say, well, I don't know why God's put me through all this. God would never put you through all of that. It's the thief that comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life. Hallelujah. Be careful. I'll get all happy and start preaching here. Now go to Galatians. I will. Go to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to do this right. Amen. Go to verse, uh, not that we've done things wrong, but verse 13 of Galatians chapter 5. I brought my Passion Bible because I was meditating on it in the Passion Bible. It's pretty good. Let me read it. I'm just going to read here for a minute. Is that all right with you? Beginning in verse 13, Galatians chapter 5. It says, For brethren, we've not been called unto liberty. Uh, excuse me. We've been called unto liberty. Everybody say liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Amen? But by love, serve one another. Now, your flesh really wants to do that, doesn't it? No, your flesh wants to be served, pampered, and taken care of. Amen? I mean, that's what your flesh wants. And it says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed, take heed that you be not consumed one another. Don't eat each other up. Amen? Now it says this, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit. Now notice that's the capital S, or that's not the human spirit, but the Holy Spirit that's in you. One translation is better. I like it a little better. It says it like this. Your flesh is now jealous of your spirit. Amen? Your flesh is now jealous of your spirit. You say, why? Well, one of the reasons is your flesh is longing, longing for the day in which it will live in a glorified body and not be subject to age and wrinkles and disease and all that kind of stuff in which you'll live a thousand years on this earth in that body, but your body sees that life of God, that spirit of God, and it knows, it knows, I'm not part of that. I'm decaying. I'm subject to the devil. So it lusteth against the spirit. Amen? Now notice this. And the spirit against the flesh. So the spirit turns back around to the flesh and says, no, 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 no. No, no. I want to manifest myself fully in you because without you, I have no expression in the earth. So it turns the tables on your flesh by helping you understand. I'm going to get a hold of your flesh. Well, how does the Holy Ghost do that? Well, it starts with the baptism in the spirit. When you start speaking in tongues, honey, you done elevated yourself to a whole new level of communication. Now notice this. It says, but be led of the Spirit. But, but if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. 
Let me finish the first 17 first. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another, so that ye cannot do the things that you would. Now hold on. You say, what do you mean by that? We like people to come to church, whether it's five people or 50,000 people. We don't, you know, we don't preach to crowds. We preach to help people. But one of the biggest deterrents to church attendance is your flesh. Because we do so much by, well, how do you feel today? Well, I don't feel too good. <laughs> and if you ask your flesh how it feels, it never has a good report. Amen. What is your flesh? Your flesh is dirt. You were made from the dirt of the earth. So most people live their life by going to their bathroom and looking in the mirror and say, what does the dirt say today? So whatever the dirt wants to do, that's what you're going to do. And you know what the dirt likes to do? Dirty things. Why are y'all laughing at that? I don't know this. But it says, but if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. I call it the law of want to. You say, what do you mean by that? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ changes your want to. Where that you no longer, listen, it's good to be delivered from something. But it's better to to be delivered from the want to of it. I mean, I I preached in Ireland for many, many years and still do preach in Ireland. And one of the biggest uh, uh, blowbacks I've ever had from people is, is, what's the the, the, the uh, 12-step Alcoholics Anonymous? Now listen, I'm not against Alcoholics Anonymous. They thought I was. I'm not against it. I'm I'm not against anything that helps people. But I found out there may be 12 steps in their program, but there's one in mine. Come to Jesus. And you will not be, amen, a recovering alcoholic the rest of your life. You'll be a new creature in Christ Jesus. And alcohol will be behind you no no longer part of your life. Because you've done something spiritual to affect the natural. Now notice this. It says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. That means they show up. Everybody can see. And it talks about, but I want to go to my my Passion Bible because this will really get into your business here. (laughs) Amen. Let's let's begin there in verse uh, 14. For love completes the law of God, and law can be summarized in one grand statement. Demonstrate love to your neighbor even as you care for and love yourself. Now let me tell you something. This, if you have an ear to hear this, no matter what you're going through, if you need a spiritual breakthrough to get you to the answer that you're praying for and believing God for, start checking up on your love walk. Your love walk will bring you into more powerful manifestations of the goodness of God. You say, why is that? I thought it's a faith walk. Faith worketh by love. Love is the fuel that goes into your faith to help your faith work. So if God is fixing to expect from you 
a great release of faith, he's going to give you a great opportunity to walk in love. What happens to a lot of believers is their opportunity to walk in love many times is spoiled because instead of walking in love, you go into offense. See, that's your choice in everything in life. You got problems in your marriage? Walk in love. Not, 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 not marital love. Amen. Not, not sensual love. Walk in the love of God. It can, I like what Brother Hagin said. It can heal it in a second. All you got to do is make that adjustment in your heart. Amen. I'm going to walk in love toward my husband. I'm going to walk in love toward my wife. Amen? I mean, once you start doing that, I, I can honestly say, when I married Leah, I was head over heels, just gaga in love with her. But that's nothing compared to the love I have for her now. Because it's grown for 35 years. And it's grown into a different love. Not the love we had on, on our honeymoon night. Not the love we had the first year or two of marriage. But a new love that we discovered in the Word of God in which we respond one to another according to that love, not the way we feel. Amen. How did the, why did I say that? It was good anyway, amen? <laughs> Leah must have needed it. <laughs> well, it's either me or you, you know, and I'm up here speaking, so, you know... <laughs> <laughs> but if you continue to criticize and come against each other over minor issues, you're acting like wild beasts trying to destroy one another. Duh. As you yield freely and fully to the dy dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. Everybody say self-life. That's what it is. It's all about you. Now, the dynamics of your self-life. Uh, for your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't want to be an offender of the Holy Spirit. We need Him. I said we need Him. To, uh, that offend and hinder the Holy Spirit and hinder Him from living free within you. I don't want the Holy Ghost in a jail cell in my life. He was for 12 years. Locked up in me, unable to function, unable to respond to my needs, unable to answer my prayers, unable to keep me connected. I rejected him and locked him up. But man, the day I released him, he went to work. Amen. And it, listen, it wasn't some great feeling. It was the knowledge I began to gain. The knowledge of the Word of God. Now notice this, for your self-life craves things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free, free within you. The Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. So then the two incomparable and conflicting forces within you are your self-life, the life of the flesh, and the new creation life of the Spirit. These things are warring in you. That's why, the, that's why the fight for the mind is called a warfare. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's a fight in the mind to control the flesh because your flesh will drive you crazy. Amen? The cravings of the self-life or of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, Hatred of those who hatred let me get it here. Hatred of those who get in your way, get out of my way. Some of y'all do that every day, I know, because I get out of your way driving down the road. <laughs> we all have to get out of Leah's way, my God. <laughs> Senseless arguments. 
Oh, we don't even want to get into that. (laughs) I like this one. Resentments when others are favored. Mm -mm, That's flesh. Temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murders, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behavior. Amen? Now, it's showing you right there that there is a litany of things that your flesh just wants to do. But you're saved. Now, there's the real problem with the believer. If you don't know that what was in you that was working for you to draw pleasure from sin is now no longer in you, what are you going to do? Renounce your salvation? That's not going to give you back what you were getting before you got saved from some drug, alcohol, or perverse lifestyle. God is showing us humanity has evolved into this place in life where everything about life is self-gratification. But I'm calling you to live a selfless life in which your life gratifies others. Mm -mm. Now notice this. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? But the fruit, I love this, The fruit produced by the Holy Spirit in you, number one, is divine love. Now listen how listen how listen how this how it how it says it here. Divine love in all its varied expressions. Amen. Joy that overflows, peace that subdues. Patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, that's the word power, a life full of power, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, and strength of spirit. Never set the law above those qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. So when we start saying things like, well, you know, if you come to Island Church, you can't wear red lipstick. Amen. Oh, you, can't come, you can't come to Island Church if you wear knee socks. Because I always wear, I like socks up to my knee, you know, I don't know why. It makes me feel secure. <laughs> I don't need a big gun, I just need my knee socks. Amen. I can go around the world with my knee socks on, amen. But you've got to understand, there's something on the inside of you that's supernatural. Now, it's looking for an expression through your flesh. Through your flesh. How can God work if he doesn't work through people? Amen? So all of these wonderful attributes that God is showing us, keep in mind, let me, let me read along. Keep in mind, we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion for everything connected with our self-life was put together on the cross, crucified with the Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. Now, one of my favorite redemptive scriptures is that scripture in the King James. I am crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live live by the faith of the Son of God who gave himself for me, who loved and gave himself for me. He said, okay, pastor, all right, I'm with you. But you got to understand, I want to eat it. I want to smoke it. I want to snort it. I want to I see it. I want to do it. 
What do I do? You have to take the word. It, according to what we read in Hebrews chapter 4, is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, and it will create the boundaries of your life. These are the boundaries of my flesh. These are the boundaries of my soul. And there is no boundaries on my spirit. It's unlimited and eternal. It's unlimited and eternal. Well, well Enoch found, he, he, he got so close to God, he just stepped off the planet. So how close can you get to God? How close can you get? How close can you get to God? Amen? So this shows us right here. Now, the reason I'm doing it this way is because we're going to end up on Friday night teaching on the cross. How this simple revelation of taking a scripture like Galatians 20 and begin speaking it where? Where it's necessary to your flesh. Flesh, you want to drink. You want to look at pornography. You want to do this. You want to do that. But I've got a word for you, flesh. I and you, flesh, you are crucified with Christ. What is crucifixion? It's death. Now, listen, I speak life to my, my flesh all the time on healing revelation. But on redemptive revelation, I speak death to my flesh. You will not live in addictions. You will not live in perversion. You will not live in all of these pornography. Listen, pornography is so powerful, you can't play with it. Pornographic images imprint themselves upon your mind. And I found this out in ministry. Men have, men have horrible problems with it. Women have problems with it too. What does it impress? It impresses itself upon your mind. <laughs> but you can say to pornography, nah, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm dead. I'm dead to this. I'm dead to these appetites of my flesh. I had to do it for months, walking around in my room, just praying in tongues. And every time I'd get a break where I could pray in the English, I'd pray a scripture. Thank you, Father. I'm crucified with him. Nevertheless, I live. And then I'd talk to my flesh. And I'd say, flesh, you've run me for 12, 13 years. You're not running me any longer. I'm going to live by the Spirit. I'm not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're not going to steal all my money. You're not going to steal all my relationships. You're not going to steal anything that God has given me in my life. And in the name of Jesus, flesh, you do not run my life any longer. All you are is my license to be able to, I'll take care of you, I'll sleep you, I'll feed you, I'll do what you need, but you do not run my life. Now when you say that, you must understand that you're alienating your soul when you do that because your soul's best friend is your flesh. You say, what do you mean by that? Your mind, your emotions, your will. Well, well it, it'll communicate to your flesh. Well, well how are you going to, if you don't do that anymore, what are you going to do? <laughs> if you don't have that feeling anymore, see? If you don't choose to have that feeling. So you choose to have that feeling. Choose to have that feeling. Choose to have that. And then all of a sudden, that feeling chooses to have you. And that's the rest of your life until something more powerful than it breaks it. Amen? So the whole essence of our spiritual walk is to take that sharp edge of the Word of God and the redemptive truths that God has given us. That empowers the Holy Ghost to do the work. Okay, Lord, I'll do this. Sorry. Let, let me throw this out real quick, and then we'll, we'll close. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. Do you ever wonder? What, what are we talking about? Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. God the Father, God 
the Word. Actually, the correct way to say it is God the Word. Because He was the Word, is the Word, forever would be the Word. And then God the Father. Now, the Holy Spirit manifests Himself. He shows up. People get filled with the Holy Ghost. They speak in other tongues. Gifts of the Spirit in operation. Healings manifest, take place. Words of prophecy, words of, words of wisdom, words of knowledge. All of them come into the seen realm, into the sensual realm where they can be understood and heard by natural means. Amen? So that is what? The Holy Ghost. They were filled with the Spirit, which was the person, and it manifested in the power of the Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost is operational. Spirit, Holy Spirit is personal. That's the entity. That's the individual, the Spirit of God. You say, well, I can't figure all that out, Pastor. Three and one. Forget it. Don't try to figure it out. Just enjoy it. Amen. Just get out there and enjoy what God has given you in Christ. Well, I don't understand by just speaking something how that it will. You start speaking the word of God, the word of God into your life, and God will sharpen the edge of that word, and it will cut out that stuff that is confusing you. What is your flesh? What is your what is your soul? And what is of your spirit? You will know the boundaries, and you will know. Hey, that's my flesh talking to me, and he ain't my friend. How do you know your flesh is not your friend? Does anybody know how you know? Look what it's doing to you. (laughs) Amen. Now, you young people, I I, I hope you think you'll be like that forever. But time is hard on flesh. Amen. Time is hard on flesh. And as a young person, you learn to overcome all this temptation. As an old person, you learn to get healed and stay healed. It's a constant battle against the flesh. Then your mind, oh my goodness. Just go sit in front of the TV. Go sit in front of Fox and CNN and and all that other stuff, you know. Next thing you know, man, you're just out of your mind. You're like, oh my God. That's because your mind is not your friend. See, we try to think that we're this just complete package of purity. You're not. You're a mixture of holiness and unrighteousness. Your flesh wants to commit unrighteous acts. Your mind wants to help it in thinking about how to do it. And then your emotions get the gratification. You think you've done something good until the guilt kicks in. And that's the way the devil keeps people on string. But when Jesus died, and I'm going to teach on this Friday night. This will really help you. It, it, it helped me more than any other doctrine in the Bible. When Jesus died upon the cross, he included every one of us. When Paul wrote the scripture in Galatians, Galatians is one of the early, earlier letters of the church. When he wrote the scripture, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I can imagine many of the people that were around the move of God in that day thought, now wait a second, did you, hear, did you read that letter, Paul? Uh, wrote to the, to the Thessalonican church, said he was crucified with Christ. Yeah, I heard him preach that in a couple of conferences, talking about how, now I was there. You know, one of the apostles could have said that. Mary, one of the women could have said, now we were there, we didn't see him there. Well, was one of those guys uh, on each side, was one of them named Paul or Saul? No, no. So he saw, see, there's two ways to, to see everything. You see things in the spirit, or you see things through the flesh, which is enhanced by the soul. Which means the soul, the flesh will experience it and the soul will magnify it. Amen? 
And many times it's magnification is false. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, what you're saying is just your own experience. So the enemy is able to manipulate you into something that's untrue. But then the word of God, the spirit of God, begin to come into your soul and into your spirit. And they rise up in this strength that tells, listen, this is the best illustration I've got. It gives you your no back. You say, what do you mean by that? When you get saved and that spirit of God moves on the inside of you, you can say no and it be no. I ain't smoking that. I'm not drinking that. I'm not involved in that behavior. I'm not looking at that with my eyes. I'm not meditating on that. No, I'm not entertaining that thought. No. No, and then when you tag the name of Jesus on no, you've got authority. And all your no should be to your adversary. And your adversary is not just a devil. You say, what do you mean by that? Poverty, lack, perversion. Man, if you got problem with perversion, I still love my perversion story. You know, God is so cool. He'll give you such cool experiences. I was driving to Bob. Man, I'd been back to the Lord uh, March, April, May, June, July, uh, August, September. Six months, Bible school student, driving to work. I mean, driving to Bible school every morning. 55 miles one way to Lakewood Church, old campus of Lakewood Church. So I'm driving. And every day when I approached the 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 uh, Almeda Mall area right in there, there was this big old nasty place called the Big Apple. And it advertised, you know, all the X's they could put on the building and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I'd drive by it. And every time I would, the enemy would put thoughts in my mind. And I just, I bind you and all this kind of stuff. And one day I was driving and I had it. I had had it. This had gone on. This was around Thanksgiving time because we were fixing to be off for a few days. I had had it. I was so sick and tired of those thoughts trying to come into my mind. But this one time, because every time I'd leave my house, I lived over here in Harbor Lafitte, I'd leave the house. And by the time I got there, I'd been praying in the Holy Ghost about four. 45 minutes depending on traffic. Traffic was heavier. I'd been praying more. I just, that day, there was an unction in me. It didn't happen any other day before, but that day, as I drove by the Big Apple, it was like I could see demons mocking me, just mocking me. I said, devil, you foul, perverse spirit, in the name of Jesus, you leave me alone. I curse you and I command you in the name of Jesus to get out of my mind. That's all I said. And I just took off praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, when I come back home, that was on a Friday, when I come back home from, from school, there was fire trucks all over the Big Apple. It had burnt to the ground while I was at Bible school. So they piled it all up in a big heap with these, with these uh, machines they had. And, and on Monday morning when I went to Bible school, we had weather on the weekend. A tornado hit the pile and scattered it everywhere. I thought, glory to God. The Big Apple is defeated. The Big Apple is gone. Well, why don't you, we just ride around to all the strip clubs and all. You can't do that unless there's an unction. And God will give you an unction when there's a reason if something's attacking one of his kids. One of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. I'm crucified with Christ. People could be saying, Paul, come on, man. You're telling people you're crucified. You weren't even there. He's saying, listen, I'm not seeing the same thing you're seeing. You see Christ, a man. Remember what it says in, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 16. No, no man after the flesh. 
yet we've known Christ after the flesh, let yet know we him no more. You don't hear that one quoted a lot. You know what he was saying? He was saying we can't live by the Christ that walked the sandy shores of Galilee or the dusty streets of Jerusalem. We have to live by the one who's seated at the right hand of the Father, who poured his blood on the mercy seat. And even Peter's revelation in Matthew chapter 16, he didn't say, well, you're Jesus. He didn't say, you're the miracle worker. He said, thou art the Christ. He saw him in his deity. Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Thank God for his humanity when he worked on the earth. And I love Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John more than anybody else. But I'm telling you, the letters to the church, that's the x-ray. That shows you what went on in the spirit realm. And in the spirit realm, Paul saw himself. I could imagine how tormented he must have been. Hearing the cries of all of those people that he drugged to prison, seeing the death of Stephen, all that took place, and how the devil tormented his mind. You're guilty. You're not good enough. Oh, you, you tormented these people. You put them in jail. Remember the screams of those children at that one house you went to. Remember how that wife cried over her husband. Remember, remember, remember. And then one day he's crying out to God, God, what am I going to do? My mind is cluttered with memories of my past. I don't know what I'm going to do, Lord. And God speaks to his heart. Something so powerful that it's written down in the Bible now. And Jesus said to him, look on the cross. Look on the cross. And he looks up there and he says, oh, I see you, Jesus. You're wounded for my transgression. You're bruised for my iniquity. The chastisement of my peace. Oh, the stripes that are on your back is my." He says, no, look closer. He says, I see your suffering. I see all. No, he says, look closer. And he says, I see me. 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 What am I doing up there? And Jesus says, my death is your death so that my life can be your life. Don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill them because the spiritual resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ imparts the power you need to control your flesh, renew your mind, and cause you to live a victorious life here on this earth. And now, now, church, everybody say now. We play, we play, uh, I play badminton three times a week with some with some characters. They're all, they're all characters like me. I guess we're all characters, you know. And so we get behind. We play to eight. You're supposed to play to 16. We play to eight because our flesh is a little older, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we'll be, we'll be playing, and, you know, we all take turns playing with each other. So I'll be playing with one of the guys, and, and we'll get behind like four or five to nothing. And so maybe during a serve, one of them will turn around to me and say, now. You know what that means. Start playing now, you know, now. <laughs> if we don't start playing now, we're going to lose this game, amen? Well, let me just tell you, now, now, get into it now. With everything you've got, you say, what do I invest? Your whole life, everything, invest it into spiritual things, spiritual things. The Word of God, the Spirit of God, I guarantee you will never be disappointed. You will always have strength and an answer, and the love of God that is in you will be distributed to people all around you, so they'll know that God is a good God. Amen? You love the Lord. Hallelujah. You lift your hands and worship him for a moment. Yeah, Brother Frank, come to the keyboard. Now, as you worship God there for a moment, let me say this. This is choice. This is, comes back to your soul. Your mind, your emotions, your will. Make a choice. Make a choice. Every day I make choices. You make choices every day. They affect our lives. Every day when we make those choices. We try every service. I know some services, uh, the Spirit of God will take over in different ways, but the same Spirit is here right now to help you to make a choice. You say, what choice do I need to make? Number one, if Jesus is not your Lord and Savior, 
If you can't look me in the eye and say, Pastor, I'm telling you, he's my Lord, he's my Savior, he's my soon coming King. You, you need to get saved. You need to get born again to the point that you don't believe you're saved. You know you're saved. There is a knowing that God imparts. Secondly, if you've been born again, maybe you're like I was, 12, 13, 14 years away from God. You say, Pastor, I need to come back. God's mad at me. No, he's not. He, he's going to hurt me. He's going to, no, he's not. He's going to bless you. Like the father blessed the prodigal son. He welcomes you back into fellowship so he might secure that relationship with you. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need to be right with God this morning. Maybe you've never made Jesus your Lord and you need to. Or maybe he was Lord at one time, but he's not Lord anymore, and you need to restore that fellowship. If that's you, would you lift your hand up high so we can pray with you? Anyone at all? God bless you. We see your hands. Several hands over here, three or four people. Anyone else? Another hand here. You can put it down once you've raised it. You can put it down. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Another hand. I see you, sweetheart. Raising your hand. You can put it down. About seven, eight people raise their hand. Anyone else? Quickly as we look around. This is a choice. This is a choice. He already chose you. 2,000 years ago when he died and suffered, he chose you. He chose you. The Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. That call goes out to the entire world. You must be born again. And then those that say, that's me, that's me, I want Jesus. You've been chosen. You've just been chosen. Hallelujah. Now, I want everyone to stand if you will. Everyone stand if you will. Praise the Lord. Now, I want everyone that raised your hand, if you will, would you come down here to the front and let me pray with you? Now, number one, before you come, let me say this. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Nobody's here to judge you. We all came the same way. We love you. And to prove our love for you, the church is going to begin to applaud, give a great hand clap for every person that raised their hand. And that's your encouragement. Go ahead, church. Don't patty cake. Come on, if you raise your hand, come on right now. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Come on, buddy. Come on, God loves you. God cares for you. Come on, don't patty cake. Look at this. Hallelujah. Come on, church, rejoice with them. Rejoice with them. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Isn't that good? Now, we're going to pray a simple prayer. Your mind will say this. Pastor, my life's so messed up, I can't pray a simple prayer and everything be okay. Yes, you can. You can get right with God. You can be born again. And the process of making everything whole in your life begins. Amen. Now, here's what we like to do, too. We're going to pray a prayer out loud. Everyone standing up here, pray it out loud so your own ears can hear it. Amen. But after we pray it, I want you to settle it in your heart. I'm saved. I'm right with God. Maybe, you're, maybe you've been saved before, but you're out of fellowship. I'm, I'm back with God. The prodigal's home. That's me. The prodigal's home. He put the robe on me, put the ring on my finger, put shoes on my feet to preach the gospel. Amen? Let's pray out loud. Church, you going to help us? Here we go. Heavenly Father, right now, openly and publicly, I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus. You came to the earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, did signs, wonders, and miracles, died on the cross, rose from the dead, did it all for me. 
I believe it. I receive it. I accept it. Heavenly Father, areas of my life that are not pleasing to you, I ask today that the blood of Jesus be applied to my life. I receive its cleansing. I receive its restoration. I receive its reviving power in my spirit and in my life. Thank you, Father. As I stand in the altar of Island Church, I am born again. Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. You are my heavenly Father. I'll never be the same in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now give them a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Isn't that great? Praise God. Now everybody look, look at them real quick because I want everybody that will, after we dismiss, to give these people a hug and tell them that you love them. Amen. You can go back to your seat right now. Praise God. Amen. Isn't that good? Come on, give them a, give them a big hand clap. Now, let me say that again. People say, oh, that's just too easy. No, 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 no. I had somebody say that to me one time. They said, preacher, you just make things too easy. Well, listen, against the, against the backdrop of religion, it's easy to get easy. Serving God is not complicated. If it was, I couldn't do it. I'm not that smart. Amen? But serving God is so simple. So simple. Just develop that heart for him. Your spirit will help you. The word will help you. The, the, your prayer life will help you. Your own study. And church will help you. It'll help you make that connection. And it'll help you stay connected to the life and power of God. And honey, if we need to stay connected to anything in these days, it is the life and power of God. Amen. Don't forget, we've got a busy schedule this week. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night. Take a day off Saturday, then Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. No, let's do it. I like it like this. The old ancient greeting, one Christian greeting another with the words, it is risen. Do you know the response? He is risen indeed. So here we go. He is risen. Glory to God. Amen. Father, thank you for this day. Your wonderful presence and power. For all these wonderful people that were in the altar, let your great grace and mercy be upon them. Lord, as we leave today, we trust you for our protection. We declare no evil befalls us, no plague comes nigh our dwelling place. Angels have charge over us. Father, we thank you so much. You're doing a work in our spirit, reviving our soul. Thank you that we're possessing our vessels in righteousness and that we, Lord, are anticipating a great outpouring, reviving and awakening of your church in this day and hour. Father, thank you that as we leave today, there's something working in our hearts, something good that we can give to others. We can be an answer to their prayer, a word in season, a miracle in their life, a problem to the devil. We thank you, Father, that in both the travel of our lives and the righteous labor of our hands, we're not subject to accidents, terror, trauma, evil plans of wicked men or the devil himself. Thank you as we leave today. We walk in faith and love towards you. We love you so much, Lord. We walk in love one toward another. Thank you, Father, for the spirit of unity and the bond of peace. Lord, we thank you today as we leave as the ambassadors of Christ you've called us to be. We're assured that we're covered by the blood, empowered by the word, and anointed by the Holy. 
Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.